Welcome to the College Essay Advisors podcast. Before we introduce ourselves, here's a little preview of what's to come. I know many students are going to hesitate to find this enjoyable or fun, but they will self-discover and hopefully writing this will be cathartic or meaningful in unexpected ways. Hello, welcome to College Essay Advisors podcast, an ongoing exploration of how to write college admissions essays that get you noticed and accepted. Hello, co-host Becca. Hello, co-host Stacy. Do you still love making these as much as I do? I do. And it's interesting that days have passed since our last one. <laughs> it does feel like that, doesn't it? It does feel like that. Okay. So I'm going to jump us right <laughs> into prompt number three, because we can I, love can I read talking. it this time? Yes. Do it. Do it. So reflect on a time when you questioned or challenged a belief or idea, what prompted your thinking? What was the outcome? I always, in my head, I always read this as what were you thinking? <laughs> but it's what prompted your thinking? What, what was the outcome? What were you thinking? It's softer. Um, it's less aggressive. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? So this is one of those prompts where I, I feel like when people read it, they're like, uh, what? Like, I, I don't, I don't think most students, at least in our experience, most students don't initially gravitate towards this, or if they do, they have something highly specific they want to write about. But, um, but over the years, I found that there are some really compelling stories that, that fit into this prompt. Um, ultimately what admissions is trying to, um, to determine here is, um, are you an independent thinker? Are you a person who is um, malleable in their beliefs and ideals enough to consider a viewpoint that's different from your own? Um, are you someone who is going to evolve, someone who's going to change and learn with your experiences? Um, you know, this is really one of the more reflective prompts. They're all they're all reflective, but this is one where um, I think you really have to lean on a dissection of your thought process. Um, and the challenge of that is to write an essay that isn't overly didactic and that isn't um, you know, so explanatory that maybe leans on an experience or imagery or something that's a little bit more engaging while also explaining your point of view. Um, so this can be a tough one to execute, but I think when it's done well, um, there are often really elevated results from this prompt. Yeah, agreed. And I think this is also a balance prompt similar to the failure one. I would hesitate for a student to write an essay in which they held a really, um, I don't, I'm going to say uncomfortable belief. So let's say you are trying to write an essay where you talk about how you maybe held a racist belief. I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty hard to to develop into an essay, particularly if you're trying to say that a really damaging belief that you held, you only challenged that belief yesterday, because then what that's going to show is that you're writing an essay where the bulk of your life, you maybe were embracing a belief, even if it sort of came from family or indoctrination, whatever, but you've only had a sliver of your life in which you've challenged it. And, and Stacey, you know, feel free to interrupt if, if you're not agreeing with mm -hmm. this, but I think that like, I'd like to see some distance between the moment of challenge and the outcome. So it's not just like last week at soccer practice, I learned that it's not cool to like hit someone in the head, right? I, I think that in, in 
either of those cases, we would talk a student out of writing, writing an essay. <laughs> Wait, these are not great topics, but in like- In that particular yeah. way. But yeah. I, I do think that another common pitfall of this particular prompt and approach is that students are- uh, are prone to almost manufacturing lessons instead yes. of them being real, uh, instead of them being realizations that are natural that they come to over time. It's a, and then I learned that blah, blah, blah. When, you know, I think there's a difference, a stark difference between being a 17 year old who reflects on their life and, and fully admits that upon reflection, these are the things that I'm understanding right now. And someone who says like, and in that moment, I realized that blah, blah, blah. Like, I think there's a believability and sincerity element that's missing from the, that kind of, um, and then I learned this lesson in that moment set up. Some stories are, uh, are set up for that kind of epiphany revelation. But I think when you're talking about questioning a belief or an idea, something that's so deeply ingrained in all likelihood, it's going to be something that's developed over time. Yeah, Um, that's true. I think, I think I have a lot of students that are nervous about this prompt. If their parents are wanting to have like, like be active in this process and are going to read the essay, because I've had some students before that maybe come from like a conservative background or let's say that their parents like um, are not like they don't know that they've come out, you know, or they're like not supportive of like the LGBTQ community. And so the belief they've challenged is actually like what they've, what they've grown up with in their home. And they want to talk about that. And as Stacy said, it's a very slow process of unraveling some of that, right? It's not just like, usually it doesn't just happen in a moment, but then to write that essay and to feel in some ways, like you're betraying the people that are helping you go to college or, you know, cause you're still at that mm-hmm. age. I think you're often still discovering you're challenging, but maybe that you're not fully, the outcome is not like resolved yet. And I think it's okay for this essay to still be a little bit of a work in progress that you can have had the, the journey of challenge, but you can be honest about like, I'm still undoing some of that. Like, cause it's complicated. We saw this, I think during the 2016 election, we were thinking about ways that people became separated from their families based on political beliefs, right? And so you can challenge things, but also there's a part of you that still has one foot in that world. And it's really, this essay can be like, it shouldn't have the manufactured lesson is what I'm trying to reiterate, like Stacy said, like it really needs to be like, it needs to be true to how people actually challenge beliefs and how outcomes occur. This might also be an interesting place to bring up that the way we work with students is, um, runs the gamut in terms of our process and the level of transparency that students have with their parents, um, with, you know, there are some students and one of the examples that I pulled, by the way, it is worth mentioning all of the students, all of the families involved in the essay examples that we're giving have given explicit permission for us to use them. We are also changing details and um, anonymizing them because we do care about the privacy of anyone who goes through this process with us. Um, But sometimes students request that their parents take a step back from this process because specifically because they have something to write about that they're not comfortable sharing with parents. And of course, every family is different. Every parental child relationship is different. And we, you know, we default to families to work that out. But in some cases, students have, um, you know, have confided in us, which 
you know, is, um, is incredibly humbling for us, Mm -hmm. you know, to be trusted in that way. Um, but we've helped them work through these incredibly, um, these incredibly personal conflicts and stories. And, and, you know, one of the examples that I pulled was about so many of the things that you just mentioned, um, Becca is actually, um, just in terms of, you know, the, uh, racism angle, it was more of a, uh, sort of a self-hating energy. It was an Indian student who, um, who couldn't feel proud of who she was, who rejected the, um, the customs and the culture and the language of her family, because all of that in out in the world made her feel othered, um, in a way that she didn't totally understand until much later in her life when she realized how special it was that she had access to all of these incredible um these these incredible gifts from her culture and on top of that she also was discovering her sexuality she is a gay woman which is something that is frowned upon in um in her culture her parents couldn't understand it um she was honest with them and then there was like just a blanket of denial immediately um you know thrown over that um that that sharing moment and uh and so her whole essay was about her embracing this uh this culture that her family was so proud of and also coming to terms with the murky territory of sexuality and self-discovery and how those things overlapped um 650 words 650 words and i'm gonna (laughs) read you something i'm gonna read you it it was so much to pack in this really was one of those essays a true labor of love and one that I, I can't think of many other essays that have divulged quite as much in terms of um, self-growth and discovery and just raw, um, raw, sincere reflection. Um, you know, this is a really special person, but um, just to read you a little tidbit, in Indian culture, homosexuality is perceived as a choice and therefore something you can change. Perhaps you display momentary courage by acknowledging your true nature, but then you get on with your straight life. As a result, my journey has been fraught with internal conflicts spurred by external pressures. I had to build the courage to face the possibility of losing the ones I love. However, these struggles have helped me arrive at a place of immense pride in who I am. Wow. This also had like, one of the most heart wrenching endings that I've ever, I've ever read in my life. Um, ultimately I've learned that self-acceptance encourages others to be more open-minded. My being at peace with myself helps make me calm in discussions while challenging others' bias statements or opinions. Both my parents and I have had to adjust certain beliefs we once held, but I often think back to the morning after I came out and remember my father's words, I should have told you I loved you before I said anything else at all. And it renews my faith that we are all capable of challenging inherently biased opinions and beliefs and embracing otherness and difference. I'm tearing up. I know. She was incredible. But this this whole this whole essay was about her challenging her own beliefs, her own feelings that were toxic and that were holding her back in addition to challenging her parents' beliefs that were toxic and that were holding her back. So, um, you know, I think with, if you have the courage to do something like that, and you're, of course, if you're in the situation that, um, that requires you to do that emotional work, um, you know, it can be incredibly compelling. I mean, so two things, if you're one of our many thousands of listeners, 
student or parent hearing this, you might be millions, thinking millions, millions, okay, right, millions, right? Because we're already on our third episode. So <laughs> absolutely like, and subscribe. Um, I would be thinking in my head, I'm a parent of an eight-year-old right now, right? He's, he's got years before he thinks about this process, but I'd be thinking, how can we do this? We can't sound like that. We can't write like that. This is many, many iterations of drafts. This mm -hmm. is many free writes. This mm -hmm. is many like, oh, this word doesn't work here. Oh, get rid of this paragraph. You are hearing, I mean, Stacey and I are both writers. Um, it, it doesn't happen overnight. We have many, many terrible drafts. And right. It doesn't, not, doesn't do happen it. with our own work overnight. No, right. Right. Exactly. And so like, you know, step back and realize like what you're hearing on this podcast is polished versions. I think Stacey, we should do an episode where we like, really like show the turds, our own 100%. turds as well. Do you know 100%. what I mean? Like show you yes. like where, and I know yes. we have, we have some students that are willing to volunteer their own work and talk yep. about where something started and where it ended up. Um, this is an excellent point though. This is the level of sophistication here comes with so much elbow grease. And I think part of the, um, you know, part of what we try to do when we work directly with students is to motivate and inspire them to, to put in the extra few rounds of revision and point out how, you know, that extra, that extra bit of effort ultimately, you know, ties, ties everything together. Um, and, and this is a process that's different than the GRE. Like I know many students are going to hesitate to find this enjoyable or fun, but they will, self-discover and hopefully writing this will be cathartic or meaningful in unexpected ways and will help them prepare for different kinds of writing, you know, writing that just isn't only academic in college. Like I've definitely had students thank me before for the opportunity to explore in this way and discover through the writing. And that's just like what makes this awesome. Yep. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And well, it just so happens that after you get accepted to college, the next thing you're asked to do is write your butt off for four years, <laughs> not yeah. necessarily in a personal way, but not necessarily not. Um, and I think, um, the, the process that we go through with our students and the, the, the level of diligence and, um, and that commitment to final product is something that follows Yeah, with you. So I have a, I have a, another example real quick. So I worked with a student who every day of ninth grade, PE was forced to recite, like every student was forced to do this, to memorize a definition of wellness from a textbook. And they had to go down the line and say this definition. I don't remember. Did Gwyneth, did Gwyneth Paltrow run this class? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so we know we've got, you know, facts on hand. True facts. Yeah. And for lunch, they were only allowed to eat a lettuce leaf with, uh, no, no. yeah. <laughs> So, so every day they stood up in line and they went down the line and they said this definition and she opened with that scene. And then she moved into her current job, which is working the front desk of a spa. Right. And, and now she has to facilitate other people's experience of wellness. And the whole essay is about ways that she challenged that initial textbook definition of wellness through her job. Um, through deciding that she actually wants to be a psychologist and learning that I think the thesis was something like the most helpful definition of wellness is personal and specific. It is not empty words you recite. And she went in to talk about ways that expanding this narrow 
version of wellness, this definition has allowed her to be more accepting of other people. She came from a Christian background. She met a woman at the spa who came in with a purple crystal. And I think it was a coworker who said, you know, this crystal has specific healing energy if you want to try it. And sort of the old her would have said like that, that'd be crazy, but she embraced it. And she thought there are other ways, even if it's not for me, that people have different wellness journeys, which I thought was beautiful and really showed you know, I love students that rely on job experience to tell a story because mm-hmm. it shows that they're not just sort of like, they're not removed and distant from experience. Mm-hmm. They've actually rolled up their sleeves. They've gotten in there. Like yep. in many ways, she, she understands wellness better than her PE teacher. She's there every day at the spa, folding towels, helping people. Um, and it really shows it's, it's an essay that links to her perspective major as a psychologist. What you need as a psychologist is to be able to not judge, Right. Um, Mm -hmm. A good therapist will be able, and I know because I have one, shout out Meg, Um, (laughs) a a good therapist will be able to engage you and have you self-reflect without pronouncing judgment, right? And so Mm -hmm. I would accept Mm -hmm. this student based on that. She's got great real life work experience. She can hold a job. She's able to take something she learned in school and redefine it for herself. Like these are all really strong traits for college students. I also think it's interesting, this idea of, um, of addressing timely topics, like wellness is something that's, you know, in the zeitgeist and being able to having a strong opinion about something like that. I think, um, you know, that's, I think an entertaining read for an admissions officer, um, especially if you can, if you can do it with, um, you know, with, with thought and intelligently, I worked with a student who, um, who had type two diabetes and, um, and went to the doctor who basically like told her you need to lose weight. And she, her challenge, a belief or idea was her kind of unpacking this. Well, why are people telling me to lose weight and what's a healthy way for me to make this happen for myself? And she dives into Fitzbo, um, and Thinspo culture and all of these competing messages she's getting while also trying to wrap her head around the fact that maybe her health really is at risk and what are the um what are the social cues that are useful and healthy for me to respond to and what are the things that I need to abjectly reject because they're backwards in terms of the things that I believe and some of her beliefs were turned on their head and some things that she didn't expect to believe she ultimately ended up believing um but I think it was a really thoughtful intelligent dissection of, um, you know, of a topic that I think a lot of people are are thinking about right now. So the idea that you're paying attention to what's happening and that these, you're aware that these are things that impact you and impact other people, you know, I think is another way to show that you're dialed in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Well, we've just crushed number three. I mean, I think we, we crushed it. We're going to help you crush it too. Um, and we're going to talk about prom number four in like five or three, two, one. So listen to the next episode. Bye. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening or watching. If you like our content, please like, and subscribe to follow us for more. Happy writing.